You have found the Behind the Lines podcast presented by BetMGM, part of the Lines podcast network for week 15 in the NFL. My name is Steven Andres, managing editor at thelines.com. Join each and every week on this podcast by the trading manager over at BetMGM, Christian Cipollini. In this episode, we will look back at the week that was betting in the NFL for week 14, the biggest public wins, the biggest public losses. We will also look ahead to where the spreads and totals sit early in the week here as we record on Tuesday morning for week 15. And I'll share any early week bets I might have made. We'll also take a kind of a big picture look at a couple of interesting teams here as we get closer and closer to the postseason. First of all, welcome in, Christian. Thanks again for joining us. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again for having me. Uh, this was a, a a good week for the book. Um, it was a few bad ones in a row, but uh, turned around this week. Okay, so uh, like really big win for the book, or just kind of a a smaller win? Uh, decent size, not okay. the best ever, but uh, all the pretty much all the prime times ended up going our way, um, and a few a few good big ones uh, on Sunday, so that helped. So if it was Starbucks, it's a little bigger than a tall, a little smaller than a venti, or maybe a grande win this week. You know, I, my, my wife has taught me how to speak Starbucks in recent years. So there we go. Uh, what were some of the uh, well, since it was a winning week for you guys, we'll start with the public losses. What were some of the biggest public losses from week 14? Yeah, Lions-Bears was one that uh, early that really went our way uh, in that one o'clock slate. There wasn't a ton of good options, but we had a most handle game was Lions Bears, and a lot of that was on the Lions. Uh, Bears beating them pretty good was uh, good for the book. Uh, on the four o'clock window, Bills Chiefs. Uh, we ended up taking a decent amount of Chiefs money uh, towards the end, and then that ended up going our way. And then, like I said, the primetime games uh, Sunday night. Originally, we had Dallas money. It started coming back as we got closer to kickoff. We ended up taking the Eagles, especially on the money line. Um, so. Um, we were a little bit closer to 50, 50, but that ended up being a winner. And then last night was pretty much exactly how we needed it to go. Um, we needed giants to win, but not cover. And then Titans, whatever they could do helped outright on the money line was, was good. Kind of a big picture question briefly here on the lions. You've talked on this show in the past about how you guys bet MGM have a big presence in Tennessee. So you get a lot of Titans bets. I'm curious if that's the case for you guys in Michigan with the resurgence of that franchise being competitive and in the playoff picture. Yeah, it is. I, I think that's what stemmed from a lot of our Lions action that we got is a decent amount of from that Michigan action. Uh, throughout the season, Lions have been one that we've taken a, a, a lot of bets on. On the flip side from the Titans, it, I guess it does stem a decent amount from how good the team is because in the past, uh, the Titans were in a similar boat for us. Uh, a few years back when they were that one seed, we were always taking a lot of Titans money. Um, but last night, there was not a ton of confidence in their hometown team. I mean, we took some Titans money lines bets, but the overwhelming uh, majority was on Dolphins uh, pretty much every which way, a lot of it on the spread, too. Yeah, and I'm sure that the handle doesn't change much, even you know as the profile of the team changes and like the Lions go from being – um, a darling underdog just having to cover numbers to now a complete role reversal where most weeks they're having to win games by more than a field goal, right? I'm, I'm sure even though the bar has gone higher for the public to cash a bet on their team, it's not really causing them to slow down at all. No, I mean, their record's still pretty good. It's the best Lions have been in a long time. So you know they're still excited to bet on their team, clearly, because we're, we're still taking bets each week. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, the uh, the flip side here. Were there any silver linings for the public? Maybe some public wins in Week 14. 
Yeah, on Sunday there were a couple. Um, Bengals, Colts, we ended up taking a ton of Bengals money. Uh, mm-hmm. Jags, Browns with the Trevor Lawrence injury. Uh, some people got on early on the Browns, and then even with him just being a game-time decision, we just ended up uh, pretty heavy on the Browns there. So uh, took a loss there. Um, and then, yeah, um, pretty much that was mostly it. I mean, we were taking more 49ers money. Um, we didn't end up covering at the end there. Um, so... So yeah, there was uh oh Broncos Chargers was one. We ended up uh we have a decent presence in Colorado as well. Um so we we lost on the Broncos game. I can't imagine being the book and in any giving week having to hope for the Chargers to do the right things. <laughs> well actually usually usually that's not the case. Yeah. Uh, I mean this season it's not working out that way, but in the past uh, a lot of times we end up on on the Chargers, and them them choking at the end usually is a good thing for us because it's usually against a lesser team. Uh, but that really hasn't been the case this year because they're not favored as often, or at least on at least it seems that the public has kind of understood what this team is, and they're not betting them uh, the way that we used to at least have seen them in the past. Uh, but this was one week where we uh, we needed them, and we definitely didn't get them. <laughs> All right, let's transition now to week 15 in the NFL, and we'll look at the early week spreads and totals over at BetMGM. And, um, you know, last Thursday night was a little bit more surprising, a little more exciting than we thought it would be with an over-under of 30, but um, I, I guess I'm a little more skeptical this week because it's Easton Stick versus Aiden O'Connell. Hey, it's in a dome, so maybe we'll get some points. So uh, where are we at here for, for Chargers and Raiders in Vegas on Thursday night? Yeah, despite scoring zero points, the Raiders are three-point home favorites here and, a, and a very, another very low total at 33 and a half. I I just don't know what else I can add for this game. I don't, I don't I have no idea what Easton Stick is. Not a clue. Don't know if Josh Palmer is going to return from IR this week to give the Chargers a secondary option at receiver. And um, yeah, Aiden O'Connell. If you look at advanced metrics since he's taken over as starting quarterback, has been one of the bottom five QBs in the league in a year with a lot of bad quarterback play. So um, I can tell you this: I'm never laying three with Aiden O'Connell. To you know, betting on on AOC to win by more than a field goal in any given week is certainly not something I'd ever be interested in. So, I guess you know, I'm I'm just gonna have to wait and see if we actually get any more Raiders action here. I, I have no idea what the right number should be here with Easton Stick at quarterback. I don't know how anybody could feel confident at, at, that they they feel like they know what the number should be in this game. So, let's move on to some more exciting games, and we'll start with the uh, the 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff window here. On um, oh wait a minute, yep. pump. Pump the brakes. I almost forgot. We have a Saturday triple header in the NFL in week 15. So before we get to Sunday, let's talk about these three Saturday Island games here, Christian. Yeah, some Saturday ones. Uh, first, starting off with the one with two teams in the playoff hunt. Uh, Vikings at the Bengals. Bengals are three and a half point home favorites with a 39 point total. And the 4.30 is Steelers-Colts, where Colts are three-point favorites with a 42-point total. And then it caps off with Broncos at the Lions, where Lions are five-point favorites with a 46.5-point total. Let's start with that early game. The Vikings are currently the sixth seed in the NFC right now, with a one-game lead over the group of teams that are 6-7. and seven. The Packers still hold the seventh seed, followed by the Rams, and Seahawks, and Falcons, and Saints, all at 6-7. and seven. And the Giants have not been eliminated at five and eight as well. Meanwhile, the Bengals are currently the 10 seed in the AFC, 
but there are one, two, three, four, five, six teams at seven and six, all battling for two spots. So the the tiebreaker right now for the six and seven wild card spots currently go to the Steelers and the Colts. But again, you know, still very much wide open with uh, all those teams tied in the win loss column. Um, I'm going to probably bet another over in this game. And to me, it is just a situation where I think Shane Steichen, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm talking about the wrong game. Um, I did bet this game. I didn't bet the over. I bet the Vikings to cover four in this game. And you said we're at three and a half now, Christian. Yeah. Yeah. So this was more just a numbers play for me. Uh, I think we get Nick Mullins here, which to me is a, a minor QB upgrade from Josh Dobbs and his volatility. Um, we've seen Nick Mullins be able to just distribute the ball in the past with a sharp offensive play calling mind when he was with the Niners and Kyle Shanahan. And it looks like there's optimism that Justin Jefferson's going to play here. I know that Jake Browning has looked really good, but this is also a much tougher defense, a Brian Flores led defense than what we've seen Browning have to face in the past couple of weeks against a Jaguars defense that we've thought all year was susceptible to the pass. And also, um, you know, what they've done against the Colts defense last week. So I think this is a big step up in, in class for Browning and in the defense he's going to have to face. So kind of a buy low spot here for me from Minnesota. But I will admit that if A, it's not Nick Mullins, and B, Justin Jefferson doesn't play, I probably don't have any type of closing line value, even though I got it at four and we're sitting here at three and a half. So I kind of need those things to go my way for this to wind up being a, a decent bet. Um I mentioned an over, and it's, I confused myself. It is the Colts-Steelers game. I am going to bet the over in this one. Um, just again, Shane Steichen's aggressive play calling. We have a couple of defenses here that, A, aren't very good to begin with, and, B, the Steelers have 20 sacks worth of edge rushers in concussion protocol right now with Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt. If they don't play, then I don't know how the Steelers' defense can generate any type of pass rush and help out a very poor secondary on the back end. So, Dome conditions, don't have to worry about weather in Indianapolis. Uh, over 42 looks solid to me here. I would bet it up to 43. And then the night game, too, I have another bet on this one. A lot of early week bets for me this week. Um, the Detroit Lions, I bet this at four. We're up in kind of the dead zone now, four and a half, five, depending on where you go. Uh, sitting at five now at, at BetMGM. If for whatever reason this would come back to four, I would buy low on the Lions here. We've just seen over and over again over the past couple of years the Lions with Goff in the Dome in Detroit are supercharged almost. And they're just a totally different offense when they're in cold or wind or precipitation outdoors. We saw it again with Chicago last week. And Justin Fields and the Bears offense aren't exactly world beaters, but they present a mobile quarterback look that's very difficult. And the, the Lions defensive coordinator is on record saying that's a very difficult thing for them to deal with with mobile quarterbacks. Russell Wilson is not that. And it is abundantly clear to me, if you've been watching Broncos games, that Sean Payton is doing everything in his power to kind of hide Russell Wilson and make him a game manager. And if the Lions get out early here, I don't, I mean, they're going to have to ask Russell Wilson to throw. And we saw how that worked out a couple weeks ago when he threw three picks against the Houston Texans. Okay, now we can get the one o'clock uh, window here, uh, Christian. We are ready for the, the red zone window. Yeah, Bears at Browns. Browns are three-point home favorites with a 38-point total. Bucks at Packers. Packers are three-and-a-half-point home favorites with a 42-point total. 
Texans Titans Titans are two and a half point home favorites with a thirty seven and a half point total. Jets Dolphins Dolphins are nine and a half point home favorites with a forty point total. Chiefs Patriots Chiefs are nine and a half point road favorites, thirty seven and a half point total. Giants at the Saints Saints are four and a half point home favorites with a thirty seven point total. And then last of the one o'clock, we got Falcons Panthers, where Falcons are three point home road favorites and a thirty five point total. The most interesting uh, early week line movement here to me is the Jets and Dolphins game because we get a good game out of Zach Wilson for the first time, and I can't remember how long. Ironically, it all happened in one half because he was still bad in the first half. Uh, But this has gone from north of 10, even close to 11, now down almost putting the Dolphins in teaser range. Um, So we also have to deal with the Tyreek Hill injury situation here. And Christian, you and I have talked in the past about – you know, Justin Jefferson, what he's worth to the spread when he was injured and out for the Vikings. You know, I think people have been debating without any real clear answer that it's somewhere south of three points, but definitely worth more than one point. So I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here and ask, you know, just your subjective opinion. What do you think Tyreek Hill is worth to the spread for the Dolphins? Uh, this season, he's he's worth a few points for sure, probably two to three points. Um, it, it probably looks like he, he might play, but um, the line coming down probably is a bit to do with Zach having a bit more confidence and then the Dolphins just kind of not looking all that great yesterday too. Yeah, I, I think if this keeps moving anymore, um, first, I do need Tyreek Hill to play. But yeah. if this keeps moving more, yeah, I'm I am not exactly running to the window to buy the one half sample size of an improved Zach Wilson here, (laughs) especially with how bad their offensive line still is. And even though the Dolphins lost Jalen Phillips in their pass rush, they still have plenty up front there to to cause issues for that Jets offensive line. So um, if this gets down into teaser range, we get to eight and a half and we get a a clean bill of health that Tyreek Hill is going to play. I'm going to have a hard time not teasing the Dolphins uh, in this one. Um, You know, I just, I don't want to overreact to Zach Wilson ever. I mean, coming into last week's game among quarterbacks with at least 200 plays, he was still dead last in in EPA plus CPOE composite among all quarterbacks in the league. So was he Tim Boyle bad? No, Tim Boyle was like the worst starting quarterback that we can remember in NFL history, at least in terms of what we have advanced stats for. But Zach Wilson among the, the quarterbacks that have played the most, or at least, you know, a bunch of games this year, he's still right at the bottom of the list. So not overreacting to what we saw from the Jets' offense. Um, Late afternoon window here, Christian. Only three games in this window, but certainly one that is very compelling. Yeah, yeah, the one we'll be to watch will be Cowboys-Bills. Bills Bills are two-and-a-half-point home favorites with a 49-and-a-half-point total. Uh, We have Commanders at the Rams. Rams are six-and-a-half-point home favorites with a 49-point total. And then we have 49ers at the Cardinals, where 49ers are 13.5-point road favorites with a 48-point total. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills, because their backs are still against the wall here. Um, If you look at the playoff picture, we mentioned the logjam. Beg your pardon. We mentioned the logjam at the bottom. Sorry, everybody. Uh, It's cold season here in, uh, in the winter. What do you want me to tell you? Let's try that again. The Buffalo Bills are part of that logjam of teams that are 7-6 and six in the AFC. Uh, six teams battling for two spots. The Browns are a game ahead of 8-5 and five for the first wildcard spot. 
they're desperate. They again play another must-win game against a tough opponent after they squeaked out a win against the Kansas City Chiefs. We sit here and we look at the futures in the NFL, and the Bills are 18-1 to at BetMGM to win the whole thing. And if we look at the AFC, uh, we are looking at um, – screen is loading. We'll get back to that in a second here. But um, the point I want to make and ask you, Christian, is that with the Buffalo Bills, even though they need to go on a run here just to get into the playoffs, if they were to get in, in your opinion, how many teams – in the AFC would be favored over them on a neutral field. Yeah. So things got pretty interesting, pretty quick uh, on the AFC side. I think this week in general, we try not to take things, you know, just on a week sample, uh, but this week in general really swung a ton for the AFC playoff picture. Uh, suddenly you don't have as much confidence uh, in the chiefs. They have, They've gone three weeks where that offense just really has had problems. I mean, some of it, some of it seems fixable, and you're going to count on Patrick Mahomes till till uh, till he proves you wrong otherwise. But outside of that, the Dolphins didn't look great. Uh, Jaguars lost. I know Trevor Lawrence, you know, is a little banged up still. Yeah. Uh, and then you have the Ravens, who at this point look like they're probably the best team. So I'd say sometimes it depends a little week by week. Uh, I think they'd probably the Ravens would be the only one confidently. That would be favored over them right now. Uh, the Chiefs definitely still would when you get to when you would get to that point, uh, assuming the Chiefs would be the home team there. Um, but at the, at this the way they they look at the moment, they still look like they're one of the four best teams. Like we had pictured them in the beginning of the season, uh, their record just doesn't show that, and they still have a hard road to get there. That's why that they're still plus eighteen hundred uh, on the on the futures money line or the futures line. Okay, so Ravens and Chiefs. If, if they were to get there in the playoffs and obviously the bills, if they get in are most likely they're not out of the division race yet. Uh, but at this point, they're most likely to be a wild card team, which would mean they're, they're going on the road to Baltimore and Kansas city. Yeah. If you were to make that line right now, are we talking less than a field goal on the road for Buffalo? Are we talking right on the key number of three, or do you think they might be just a tad over a field goal underdog against those two teams on the road in a playoff game? I would think the Chiefs line was similar to what it was uh, last week, where Chiefs would be, you know, one and a half, two point favorites. And then probably pretty similar with the Ravens. The Ravens might be a little bit more, maybe two and a half. Maybe they squeeze into the three. Uh, but, but not a field goal. But even with yeah. home field, not a field goal. Yeah, I, I would think if it gets there, it wouldn't go much past it. I don't think you'd get to anything on three and a half for any of those teams against Buffalo, even even with Buffalo on the road. Um, just so we strip out the home field. I mean, there's very little separating these teams in your mind then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it's – I mean, we, we did peg them as one of the better teams before the season. Their defense has had a lot of problems. They've lost a bunch of close games. Um, but still, the team itself is still there. That offense is still there. Josh Allen, if you could change his record, would probably be the favorite for MVP if, if they were 10-3 and, 10 and 3 like these other teams. Um, he's been playing great. Um, they're definitely still a threat. Yeah. For those that are thinking about just throwing a flyer on Josh Allen to win MVP, I would not do that because he, he needs to win out to have a chance, first of all. And 
why not just bet on the bills every week and roll over the winnings to bet on the bills to win again the following week, et cetera, and do it that way. And then at the end, see how much those net odds came out to. And at that point, you can decide whether if you want to put some of it on him to win MVP or not, because he's dead if he loses another game, in my opinion. Um, so that, and he needs to go scorched earth statistically to even be considered for it. So overall in the season, Josh Allen's still a top five quarterback by EPA and completion percentage over expected composite behind only Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, and Tua. So um, it's it's not his fault, really. Even though his turnovers get a lot of attention, he's a volume quarterback. He's His percentages, his efficiency is still top five in the league, um, despite the fact that his defense has let him down a lot at times uh, this season. I, I will say for the spread of this game this week against the Cowboys, if this were to get to three... And we're moving towards Buffalo. There's been early support of Buffalo. If this were to get to three, that I think I would have to push back on because that would imply, if you take away home field, that Buffalo currently is better and rated better than Dallas. And I I have to reject that still. Um, You know, Dallas hasn't looked completely sharp the past couple of weeks, but if that's the floor of the Cowboys, what if we get closer to a ceiling performance for the Cowboys this week? So... Um, we'll see where this goes, but three, I think, would definitely be a buy point for me on Dallas. Okay, Christian, primetime window before we wrap up here. Yeah, Ravens at the Jags. Ravens are three-and-a-half-point road favorites with a 43-and-a-half-point total. And then Monday night, Eagles at the Seahawks, where Eagles are three-and-a-half-point road favorites with a 47-and-a-half-point total. We have to talk briefly about this Ravens-Jags game because the line is interesting to me because the Jags have played a couple of other opponents kind of in this tier, and and the Ravens have as well. And it just comes down to, well, what do you do with Trevor Lawrence and his injury, right? Because the Ravens were three-point favorites on the road to the Chargers, who have basically no home field advantage. And now they're three-and-a-half even more at Jacksonville, who certainly has some home at least a little bit of home field advantage. The flip side here, the Jags were plus three to the Niners at home. Now, some might argue that was just a bad line to begin with, and the Niners weren't properly adjusted back up off their bye week. I would probably be in that camp, but it's at least interesting that they were three-point home dogs to the Niners and now are, only, or now are even more dogs to the Ravens. So to me, this feels like, you as the odds makers, Christian, over there on your trading desk are going to put a number on there that's probably in the range of what you think it might be and let the sharp betters tell you what it should be. Because I don't know how anybody's supposed to figure out what what the downgrade jags for like what percentage Trevor Lawrence is going to be for this game with the high ankle sprain. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the question there. Um, there was threes here briefly on this, but um, yeah, that's kind of sometimes the way it goes is just see which way of this number we're going to get bets. And right now we haven't been taking the Jags bets, uh, so that's why we're still sticking at three and a half. Um, I, this may swing throughout the week, but I don't think it'll swing you know a ton, maybe back in and through the key number. Uh, so again, like most of this is relying on, on Trevor Lawrence's health. Um, and how you think that he's going to play and respond off that um, through a bunch of picks against the Browns, who are a good defense. Um, but you know he did play the whole game. It didn't yeah. really <clears throat> didn't really seem to hamstring him uh, at least uh, visibly a ton. You know maybe it stopped a lot of his running, and maybe it still will through this week. And that's kind of why we see that number there. But yeah, uh, most of it just is 
question about Trevor Lawrence and what side of that you think. If you think he's going to be completely fine this week, you'll, you'll take the, the Jags, and if not, you're, you'll be on the Ravens. His mobility was clearly hampered against the Browns in that game, but he wasn't completely immobile like some of us thought, me, me as well, admittedly. Still had three scrambles to pick up some positive yards in that game, which surprised me. Um, so, but, but his mobility had been turning into a really big weapon for them before the injury. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. Um, just a quick note on Eagles Seahawks here <clears throat> as we close up shop. This is the, this is the end of the Eagles schedule gauntlet. You know, they will have gone through the ringer here. And after this, they get giants who look a little more improved than we all thought, uh, Arizona, and then the giants again on the road to close out the season. So. Uh, you have taken some Seattle money earlier this week because I believe, you know, you said three and a half right now, but I think this was four, four and a half um, on Monday or Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, a lot of that's just from the Eagles have looked really bad. And, and, you know, the 49ers played the Seahawks and the Seahawks gave a better game with your lock than the Eagles did the week before that. Um, so back to back bad ones for the Eagles. So they're, I guess, kind of in a prove it range at this point. Yeah, if if the Eagles get downgraded any more here this week, if we get more Seahawks money and we get to three, I'm going to have to consider that on the Eagles because I I still don't hold out much hope for Seattle. I think they're a league average team. Um, You know, by definition, you have to kind of, if you're going to rank the teams, the number next to them is going to say that they're an above average team this year. But the way they're playing, I still I still think they're just an average team. Uh, especially with Geno still banged up, who knows how effective he's going to be. This, to me, um, the spot still stinks for the Eagles, going on the road across the country after this gauntlet of schedule. But it's a much easier opponent than the last couple that they faced. So um, if we get down all the way to three here, I'm going to consider the Eagles in this one because now the game's their, – their margin for error is gone now. They, they need to win to wrap up the division and hope for a Niners loss to potentially still get the one seed here. So – Um, Just my early week thoughts here on on Eagles and Seahawks. Christian, as always, thank you so much for your insight from the book, the the behind-the-scenes look. Always love when you peel back the curtain and let us know how you think about things as an odds maker and as the trading manager over at BetMGM. For the rest of you, um, we're making a push here for more subscribers on YouTube. If we get to 50,000 subscribers by the Super Bowl, we are going to have a massive giveaway on the Lions U.S. YouTube page. So if you are listening to us on the audio side head over to our youtube channel again just search the lines us on youtube go ahead and subscribe help us make that push all the way to the end of the nfl season here we'll have a massive giveaway if we get to that fifty thousand number as we cracked forty thousand earlier this season thanks so much for watching thanks so much for listening best of luck with your bets in week number 15